Welcome to the First Church Message of the Week podcast. Thanks for listening in. We are a few weeks past Easter. Perhaps the joy of Easter is waning a bit. Have we already lost the joy that comes from the saving grace of a risen Savior? How do we live into the joy of Christ? How do we continue to bear witness to the empty tomb? In this week's message of the week, Pastor Bryce Blank shares from Acts 2 and reminds us to embrace the habit of Easter joy. Here is the First Church message of the week. scripture this evening comes from Acts chapter 2, verses 14a and 22 through 32, and I invite you to read along with me on the screen. But Peter, standing with the eleven, raised his voice and addressed them, you that are Israelites, listen to what I have to say. Jesus of Nazareth, a man attested to you by God with deeds of power wonders, and signs that God did through them among you, as you yourselves know, this man handed over to you according to the definite plan and foreknowledge of God. You crucified and killed by the hands of those outside the law, but God raised him up, having freed him from death, because it was impossible for him to be held in its power. For David says concerning him, I saw the Lord always, before me, for he is at my right hand, so that I will not be shaken. Therefore, my heart was glad, and my tongue rejoiced. Moreover, my flesh will live in hope, for you will not abandon my soul to Hades, or let your Holy One experience corruption. You have made known to me the ways of life. You will make me full of gladness with your presence." Fellow Israelites, I may say to you confidently of our ancestor David, that he both died and was buried, and his tomb is with us to this day. Since he was a prophet, he knew that God had sworn with an oath to him that he would be put, one of his descendants, on his throne. Foreseeing this, David spoke of the resurrection of the Messiah, saying, He was not abandoned to Hades, nor did his flesh experience corruption. This Jesus God raised up. And, that, and, and of that, all of us are witnesses. Here's the word of God spoken to us today. So, when I was a sophomore in college at Dakota Wesleyan University in, in Mitchell, South Dakota, I was interested in learning the guitar. And I had tried a few times on my own, uh, but I'd been given one as a gift, but I really never took. I wasn't able to fully learn. I could kind of plunk around a little bit, but that's as far as it went. And I played the bass guitar, which is a lot easier, more simple to play, um, in our worship band. And so my campus pastor came to me with the proposition and said, hey, would you be interested in learning guitar from me? Would you be interested in taking lessons? And I thought about it, and it's like, well, why not? Well, this will be great. And so I did take lessons, and it was 
really, really hard at first. I had to kind of learn a bunch of different things, how to hold the guitar properly, how to use a pick, a lot of different things that were really complicated and hard to do. And it was really frustrating. If anybody's ever tried something new before, you know that sometimes it's not very easy and it takes a while to get a hang of. Well, that was what it was for me. And eventually I was able to learn and I took every advantage I could then after to, to play. And I eventually played in our worship band and, and did a lot of other things with guitar and it was great. But then I went on to, to seminary and I was kind of out of that space and I had a little bit more time to figure out what to do with myself. Uh, and so I started to do a, a really deep dive in the electric guitar. And so um, I have one here one of Lucas's electric guitars. And as you can see, take a look at this compared to what he normally plays. This is a lot skinnier and it can't really make any noise on its own. And there's a lot of other things that an electric guitar can do that a regular guitar can't do on its own. There's guitar pedals, which, you know, change the sound and put different effects through the sound. Uh, there's amplifiers, different kinds of amps and all this crazy stuff. And basically, if you know a little bit about guitar and you, or if you don't know, and you hear somebody else talking about it, it sounds like a different language. And so I won't just start speaking gibberish up here to all of you, but I will say that I went down the deep dive and I couldn't get enough of learning about the electric guitar and all the assortment of things that go along with it. And while it didn't necessarily make my guitar playing go to a whole new level, I just couldn't help but get more and more. I couldn't get enough to learn about that guitar. And as I look back on all that I learned and all that I played, or didn't play, I see that my guitar playing has really waned. My interest in learning more is not there anymore. That I don't really have that passion of just researching everything I possibly can. And maybe you have had that similar experience with something, whether it was a trend uh, or a hobby you tried out for a little while that you kind of started it up, you got a little interested, and pretty soon you're all in on it. And then say a month later, you've completely dropped it altogether. Well, I think our faith is a little bit like that sometimes, a little bit like how I was with the guitar where I jumped all in, but after a while, that excitement, that itch to learn more waned. And I, I think that's something that we experience, especially after Easter. We're a few weeks removed from Easter now. We felt that joy in the celebration of Easter. We had all this awesome music and, you know, our services were just kind of full. We had the whole uh, Holy Week. We had Lent leading up to it, all the culmination to Easter, the joy of that celebration. But maybe that joy for us has waned a little bit. Maybe every time we come to worship, we don't feel that joy as fully as we did on Easter. Maybe we've kind of gotten back to the routine of our daily life and, and our faith isn't as profoundly in front of us as it was. But we are Easter people. We should be able to, at some way, feel that joy all year long, the joy of knowing that Jesus has risen. Every time we worship here, we worship the resurrection in some way or another. We proclaim that Christ is risen every time we gather in worship, all throughout the year. And that means that for us as Easter people, as Christians, 
who can proclaim that Jesus is risen, not only on Sundays, not only on Saturdays, not only when we worship, but every single day of our lives. Yet, as I mentioned, we might not feel that joy to claim Jesus is risen every single day. We might not even know that for ourselves all the time. As human beings, we have really great highs of life, triumphs and victories, high points of excitement. But we also have lows that are really hard to get through. And similar with our faith, sometimes we know so certainly that God is present in our lives. And other times we question whether God even exists. That's part of the human experience, and we know this. So the question then is, how do we sustain that joy of Easter all year long? How do we proclaim every day that Jesus is risen with certainty? Well, on social media, on different media platforms, whether it was the TV or on the computer or uh, scrolling on my phone, I saw during Holy Week and on Easter, all kinds of people uh, really flooding the internet, flooding the media sources with the proclamation that Jesus is risen. And I couldn't help but get caught up in the joy of that, seeing so many people posting pictures with a cross or with their family in worship or gathered around for an Easter meal or other ways of celebrating Easter with the caption, Jesus is risen. I couldn't help but get caught up in that and how so many people were witnessing to the work that God was doing in their lives and the miracle of the resurrection. But with Easter behind us, those posts have kind of gone away. I don't really hear it or see it when I interact with the various, with the various media sources. And instead, when I look around at our world, I see that that joy of Easter is hard to find. The joy of Easter is hard to find in the sinkholes, the tornadoes, the never-ending blizzards for us, and the fires, the natural disasters that destroy property around our nation and world, that leave people homeless, that take lives without the chance of saying goodbye. The joy of Easter, I find, is hard to see when I hear about another mass shooting that has claimed the lives of innocent victims and torn families apart. The joy of Easter is hard to find when I hear about our border crisis and how there are refugees stranded with no place to go and no home to live. The joy of Easter is hard to find when I hear again about our ongoing war between Ukraine and Russia and all the other wars around our world. And the, and the countries that choose to fight with violence against each other. When I look around at the, at the world, it's hard to see the joy of Easter in the places and spaces that we're in. It's hard not to lose that Easter joy for myself. As faithful followers of Jesus, I think we all lose sight of the resurrection and the joy that is found on Easter. We find that joy of Easter hard to sustain, but we are Easter people. We are people of the resurrection. We are God's children who have inherited the promise of eternal life and salvation 
through the love that Jesus showed us. So how do we sustain that Easter joy? How do we proclaim every day that Jesus is risen? Well, today we look to the acts and words of the apostles and the early church being formed. And we look to the book of Acts, which could also probably be called the book of the Holy Spirit, because we see how God's presence through the Holy Spirit is working amongst this early church. And we see the struggles and the drama that unfold as followers of Jesus face persecution and hardship as they try to share the good news of the resurrection to those around them, to their communities. And even though this resurrection of Jesus is fresh for the disciples, it's still hard to maintain the joy of Easter for them. If we were living during that time, if we were looking at the world around us, we would see people who we love being stoned, being put to death, being trafficked, being rejected from places of worship, being pushed out. We might look around and wonder where that joy that we found is and how it could possibly be maintained. Now, one of the main events of Acts is the coming of the Holy Spirit into the world, the rushing, kind of a big dramatic event, the rushing of the Holy Spirit into the world. And that happens right before our scripture today. And we find this crowd of people trying to figure out what just happened. We find the disciples in the midst of this crowd. And there are people in this crowd who are trying to put down the fact that the the disciples do know the presence of God. And here we find Peter in our scripture. We find Peter standing before this crowd, bearing witness to who Jesus is and what Jesus has done. And he says, You that are Israelites, listen to what I have to say. Jesus of Nazareth, a man attested to you by God with deeds of power, wonders, and signs that God did through him among you. As you yourselves know, this man handed over to you according to the definite plan and foreknowledge of God. You crucified and killed by the hands of those outside the law. But God raised him up, having freed him from death, because it was impossible for him to be held in its power. So Peter's standing before this crowd proclaiming this, and what he's proclaiming is the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus. He's proclaiming what God has done. Now we can imagine how hard this might be to actually do because there's a crowd of people who probably aren't sitting quietly. And so he's trying to yell this to them. But they are a greatly dysfunctional group, as I mentioned, trying to just figure out what's going on with a lot of disbelief. Much like our churches are today, much like we are and our communities are at times today. They're skeptical about what is going on, but also about who this Jesus person is. And I wonder then if we were part of that crowd, if we would have even heard what Peter had to say, if we wouldn't even have given him the chance to continue speaking and proclaiming this life story that he's telling us. I'm almost certain then if when he got to the part about us being part of that group that handed Jesus over to be killed, we definitely would not have wanted to hear that. But here Peter is, standing in front of everyone, 
proclaiming the story of Jesus, proclaiming the truth that Christ lived, died, and was resurrected from the dead. He's proclaiming what we call here in the Methodist Church, we use this a lot in our communion liturgy, the mystery of faith. And Peter is making what is unknown, known to this crowd. He's teaching, much like Jesus did, to those around him. And so we too are learning from Peter's teachings, and in turn we can teach one another. Now, what Peter says next, he does both to establish credibility to this crowd, but also to put more of an emphasis on his point that the prophecies have been fulfilled. He's actually citing Psalm 16, and he says, I saw the Lord always before me, for he is at my right hand so that I will not be shaken. Therefore, my heart was glad and my tongue rejoiced. Moreover, my flesh will live in hope. For you will not abandon my soul to Hades or let your Holy One experience corruption. You have made known to me the ways of life. You will make me full of gladness with your presence. So contained in these words, cited from Psalm 16, we have the answer to our original question of how to sustain the joy of Easter. This would have been originally sung loudly by the Israelites. And it's something that we can sing too. I saw the Lord always before me. That's what Peter quotes. I saw the Lord always before me. Peter knows how hard it is to remain faithful. He understands the hardships of life and everything that goes into being human, both the triumphs and the failures. But he's putting his trust in God every day. He puts Christ in front of him every day. In other words, he lets Jesus lead him through life, his every thought and action. He puts Jesus as his guide to follow. And that is our ticket for sustaining the joy of Easter. We must let Jesus guide us every day. So, do you want to know how I eventually learned to play guitar despite how hard it was to figure out? Well, as I started meeting with my campus pastor, one of the first things he told me is that I want you to practice at least five minutes every single day. That if you do that, that's going to go way better than practicing 60 minutes or two hours, maybe once or twice a week. Just five minutes every single day will allow you to, to learn how to play the guitar. And what he was doing by making me make a priority every single day of practicing is he was making me form the habit of playing guitar. He was, he knew that I had to create a habit if I really wanted to be able to sustain learning in the long haul. He knew if I wanted to learn guitar, I'd have to make a habit of it. And this is also the same thing that Peter knew about Jesus and about living a life following Jesus, that we must make a habit of following Jesus. We must make a habit of searching for joy in the world around us. We have to make a habit of seeking the joy of Easter each and every day. 
That's how we sustain Easter joy. We make a habit of it. And that means that even on days when we are like Peter, struggling to proclaim the life of Jesus to a crowd who doesn't want to hear it or who's skeptical, we must seek joy. We must seek Jesus. And so today, while we are here celebrating with enthusiasm, maybe not as much as we had on Easter, we are beginning to cultivate the habit of living in the joy of the resurrection. We are beginning to explore the implications of what it means to be a disciple of Christ. We are learning to be disciples in a world that largely doesn't want to hear what we have to say. So cultivate the habit of Easter joy. Let Jesus guide you to action when you see those suffering in the world around you, especially from natural disasters. Step out, help to share your resources, help to rebuild lives and homes. Cultivate the habit of Easter joy. Choose advocacy for safety, for mental health counseling, and taking care of others when there are those mourning around us. Cultivate the habit of Easter joy by treating all lives as part of God's family, working to ensure that everyone has an adequate place to live and food and water. Cultivate the habit of Easter joy by doing what you can to support victims in other countries who are at war, like those in Ukraine. Cultivate the habit of Easter joy by searching for ways that God and God's people are already faithfully doing good things in the places and the spaces where all things have gone wrong. Cultivate the habit of Easter joy so that even on the days when nothing is going right, the truth of Jesus' life and the promise of the resurrection might bring you comfort and peace. Now, I still have a lot to learn about playing guitar and what it looks like to have a guitar pedal and a board and all this fancy stuff. <laughs> but when I look back on my first lessons and what my campus pastor taught me in the process of learning, I can apply that to a lot of areas of life, and I think we can too. The lesson that we might be able to cultivate a habit of joy. Cultivating any habit is hard to do. It takes dedication. It takes commitment and the sacrificing of other things which we might want to do. But Peter knew, and we all know, that cultivating a habit of putting Jesus first in our lives is one that will pay off. We know that we might not feel super joyful every single day. We know that we might not feel the excitement or even we might not even feel good every single day. But by seeking to find joy in the world around us because of the truth of who Jesus is and what Jesus showed us, we will be better for it. By cultivating a habit, we can do what we couldn't do before. We can see what we couldn't see before. So I challenge you, cultivate the habit of Easter joy. Because by doing so, you will know God more deeply. See God more fully, and maybe we might change or transform our world for good. Let us pray. God of hope 
in the resurrection. You gave us the promise of eternal life through your son, Jesus, through the love that he showed us. But God, we don't always feel the joy of that miracle. With Easter pass, we don't always maintain that joy. We find it hard to see in the world around us. So God, we ask you to help us cultivate the habit of Easter joy. Help us to cultivate the habit of seeking you, proclaiming you every single day. Help us to say, Jesus is risen every day of our lives, that we might know you more fully and never lose sight of your love for us. In your name we pray. Amen. Thanks for joining us for the First Church Message of the Week. To stay connected, subscribe to this podcast and follow us on Facebook. For more information like our church calendar, worship times, and upcoming events, visit our website at watertownfirst.church. This has been the First Church Message of the Week.